Sentire Media. Hello everyone, you're listening to A History of Italy. Episode 103, Catching Up with Genoa. E non posso più accucciarmi e così ritorno su Lasci i colli nelle valli tra due salici piangenti Io ritrovo la speranza di un amore che ormai fu Before we start, a word from our sponsors. Now the holidays are coming and that means loads of pigging out. And then you feel all guilty and then in January you have to head off to the gym. Well, why not mix things up a bit this year? Do your exercise before your eating. Indeed, today's episode is presented by Sweat Connected. Sweat Connected is a transformative way to work out. Sweat Connected has a mission to help you feel your best. Each expert instructor brings their signature method directly to you, wherever you are in the world, via Zoom. When you take a sweat-connected class, you are able to interact with your instructor and the other participants in class. You could even make some friends, who knows, just like you would in a studio experience. Whether you have been a group fitness participant for years or you are a newcomer, you will feel at home with Sweat Connected. Sweat Connected is exclusively offering our listeners 50 percent off their first class by going to sweatconnected.com and using the code pod that's code pod pod at sweatconnected.com for 50 percent off your first class sweat connected for all levels all ages all sizes and all humans Today's episode is also presented by those wonderful, wonderful people at Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an episode from Podgo and you always get it and you get it very quickly. Apply today to become a member and Immediately get connected with advertisers that fit your audience. You can choose which ones to put in. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add a history of Italy in the how did you hear about podgo section of the application. Okay, so now let's head back in time, albeit very quickly, to bring the Maritime Republic of Genova up to speed. Like all other parts of Italy, Genoa went through the domination of Odoacer with the fall of the Western Roman Empire and then the Goths and became part of the Byzantine Empire after the Gothic War. It remained under Byzantine influence even during the period of Lombard invasion until it was taken by the Lombards under their king Rothery in 638. You may remember Rossary was the one of the famous edict in which he wrote down all the oral laws of the Lombards. After the Lombard kingdom fell to the Franks in the 8th century, 
Genoa was ruled by a series of Frankish counts, and later, when the Carolingians were busy looking elsewhere, it was ruled by the powerful Obertengi family, who ruled over much of Piedmont. The potential to become a great seafaring power was for a long time pent up due to the Saracen incursions, starting in the early 7th century and going up all the way to the 11th. But in time, the Italian cities learned to fight back. Indeed, in 1016, Genoa participated, along with Pisa, in a coalition set up by Pope Benedict VIII, which managed to defeat the Arab fleet. This was also the starting period of the maritime city's influence over the islands of Sardinia and Corsica. The Corsicans and those interested in Corsica, which I'm told is a really beautiful place to visit, will forgive me, but... Since it's not part of current-day Italy, it will not really be part of our story. However, it was historically a very important holding for the city of Genoa. The success of the Italians continued, and some 50 years later, in 1078, they took the fight all the way to Hamamet in northern Africa. When the Norman expansion dealt the final blow to the Byzantine and Arab presence in southern Italy, the way for Genova to the Orient was free. Indeed, thanks also to the Crusade starting in 1095, Genoa would extend its influence all over the Mediterranean, also consolidating and expanding in Sardinia, extending to Arborea and parts of Calari in the south. As in the rest of Italy, the end of the 11th and the start of the 12th century was a period of the communes. In general, groups called campagne rurali, similar to trade organizations in other cities, transformed in this period in Genoa to the campagne communis. At the start of the 12th century, since the Muslim threat had been dealt with, as always, the Italian cities took to fighting amongst themselves. Indeed, it is in 1119 that the wars with Pisa started, and in this case lasted until 1137, when the Peace of Grosseto put an end to the first set of hostilities. These would continue with ups and downs almost indefinitely until Pisa was put in its place in the Battle of Meloria in 1284. In general, in the 12th century, Genoa was very clever at taking advantage of various situations. First of all, their geographical position meant they had a privileged relationship with France. They also used the rivalry between Venice and Byzantium on one hand, and Pisa and the Normans on the other, to their advantage, as well as profiting very much from the Crusades. In the latter part of the 12th century, the big news in northern Italy, as you may remember, was Frederick Barbarossa. At first, Genoa supported him with not too much enthusiasm, but as soon as they got the concessions they wanted, they opted out of the whole mess that followed, and they were not involved in the whole Northern League and Battle of Legnano business at all. Then, as the 12th century moved to the 13th, Genoa, like the rest of the communes, moved from the consular phase of the communes to the podesta phase, the one in which an external single governor was called in to rule for a period of a few months or years. 
The passage from the 12th to the 13th century, as we have seen, also marked that of the Crusades, especially the Fourth Crusade in which Venice gained its land empire. At the same time, this is when hostilities between Genoa and Venice started up and would last for almost all of the 13th century until, as we have seen, the decisive battle of Curzola in 1298. Before we move on to see what else Genova got up to in the 13th century, one last word from our sponsors. Now, Christmas is coming. It's almost here and I know you're trying to think of that one or two or three or four last present for that extra special person. Well, do not worry. As well as bringing you my podcast, I have also brought you the solution for your holiday troubles. Indeed, since this year we are all looking for that perfect holiday gift, today I want to tell you about the gallery. The gallery shop is a curated collection of photographs from around the world. All prints are made from 100% recycled aluminum, aluminium, whatever that stuff is called, giving your wall that gallery finish. Right now, for the holiday season, the gallery is exclusively offering our listeners, our listeners of our little old A History of Italy podcast, 25% off your next purchase using the code HISTORY. That's 25% off your next purchase at thegallery.com, but that's gallery spelled G-A-L-R-Y, using the code HISTORY. This is a great present because they can't but think of you every time they look at their wall. The Gallery. Create your perfect space. The start of the 13th century was also that of Holy Roman Emperor Frederick II, with whom Genoa had a lukewarm relationship at best. Then that soured. Within the city in this period, the whole international Guelph and Ghibelline business came into play, with the Genoese Rampini family getting on the Guelph side and the Mascherati and Doria on the Ghibelline side. However, these divisions softened a bit with the death of Frederick II and things went back to more or less peaceful cohabitation. Indeed, in the 1250s, things were going pretty well for Genoa. In 1252, they minted their first golden coin, the Genovino, getting the jump on the Florentine Florin, but never reaching the level of importance of the rival coin. Genoa also continued to expand its influence thanks to the parallel progression of the city authorities and the great families with their own fleets and fortunes. The trend towards the dominance of these great families was inverted temporarily in 1256 when, after an economic crisis, the people of the city rebelled and elected Guglielmo Boccanera, William Blackmouth, as their leader. However, by 1262, things went back to normal. It was also the year in which hostilities fired up again with Venice and lasted until 1270. In the second part of the century, the rising power of the Spinola family saw them join the Ghibelline faction and the Grimaldi and Fieschi joined the Guelphs. 1282, 
saw the start of what would become the definitive defeat by Genova of the Maritime Republic of Pisa. A Corsican judge, a ruler by the name of Cincello, rebelled against the influence of Genova and sought refuge with Pisa. This set off a chain of events that would lead on the 6th of August 1284 to the Battle of Meloria, which saw Genova decisively defeat Pisa and basically put an end to their dreams of expansion. And basically put an end to their dreams of expansion. As the century ended, the years from 1297 to 1299 saw the height of Genova's power under the diarchy of Corrado Doria and Corrado Spinola. It was in this period that, after the definitive defeat over Pisa in 1284, Genoa managed to also defeat Venice at the Battle of Curzola, as we said above, in 1298. The battle started out as a dispute over territory in the Black Sea. The dispute escalated into armed conflict and Genoa sent out a fleet. The Venetian fleet, led by Andrea Dandalo, was intercepted and surrounded shortly after leaving the port of Venice by the Genoese fleet, led by Lamba Doria. For Venice, it was a total epic disaster. 74 of its 88 galleys were captured or destroyed, and around 7,000 men were taken or killed. The Venetian admiral Dandolo died in the battle. The peace was signed on the 25th of May 1299, pushed by Pope Benedict VIII and brokered by Matteo Visconti of Milan. Unfortunately for Genoa, the Battle of Cursola was something of a Pyrrhic victory, and not much came out of it, with the two maritime republics going back more or less to their status quo. Genoa headed into the 14th century, switching from the Podesta system to a diarchy, with two temporary rulers similar to the consular commune system, and back to a Podesta, and so on and so forth. As we know, in 1310, Holy Roman Emperor Henry VII came along for a little Italian holiday. The Genoese thought he was a good candidate as any to act as the lord of the city, and so they elected him for a period of 20 years. That didn't last long at all, with Henry dying shortly after and leaving Genova without a lord. That left them to continue their whole Guelph and Ghibellines business, with the Guelphs in the end chucking out the Ghibellines. They were having none of it, and in 1318 showed up at the gates of Genova with an army made up of the Spinola and Doria families, as well as some help from our good old friend Marco Visconti of Milan. You may remember him as the brother who was not first in line for the inheritance, but was the best military leader of the Visconti family. The Guelph faction responded by calling in Charles of Anjou and making him Lord of Genoa for the next 15 years. However, that didn't really stick, and the Guelph and Ghibelline factions managed to get their act together and make peace more or less 
just in time to fight off another threat, that of the fleet of James II of Aragon. Say what now? Hold on a minute. Weren't the Aragonese hanging around down in Sicily? And of course in Aragon, you would imagine. Well, we find them here as well. What are they doing here? Well, that is a story for another episode. Thanks ever so much to everyone for listening. Thanks very much to my wonderful Patreon supporters, starting from the first part of the Margarita Hack and Galileo Galilei level. That's Anthony G, Brian J, Selene, Chanel, Chris, David L, Dean V, Douglas, Elizabeth, Greg, Ignacio, Jeff M, Jeffrey W, Old John in Milwaukee, whom I always imagine sitting in a bar drinking a beer, and Kevin. And of course, the tippy-top Maria Montessori and Dante Alighieri level Paolo, Lisa K, JW, Andrew M, Brandon, Maxime, David A, Peter W, and Kevin O, without, without forgetting, of course, the tippy-top Sen. Thank you, thank you, one and all, and welcome aboard to new Patreon supporter... Philip B. Welcome, Philip. Thank you very much. And thank you to Demetrio for moving his pledge up from $1 to $3 a month. Thanks very much. Remember that if you are so inclined, you can get in touch. Hello at ahistoryofitaly.com. At the same URL, ahistoryofitaly.com. You can click through to our social media. We are on Facebook and Twitter, so please do get in touch with us there. And you can head on over to the support page to become a Patreon and get access to extra content. At the moment, you will get access to the super mega recap episode italian history from the fall of the western roman empire to 1310 lots of stuff packed into that more than one hour episode if you want to get a hold of that you can also get in touch and do and make a donation via paypal on the website you'll also find timelines reading you'll also find timelines reading lists maps and everything you may need to navigate our country's complicated history. Once again, thanks to everyone for listening, and until next time, arrivederci. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. 
and we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.